Tanajan Somjai started off by asking the opportunity from the monastic Sangha, the senior monks, and the uh, other monks, and the opportunity to teach the Dhamma. So we'll now have this opportunity for us to listen to the Dhamma, which is the teachings of the Buddha. In the morning, we determined to keep the eight precepts, and we also listened to a Dharma talk from Longpo Anan as well. And by doing this, we gain an understanding into the practice of the Dhamma. And then when we have that understanding, we also need to seek out the time and the opportunity to put that knowledge into practice. So like now, we have this period of this online retreat from the 15th to the 23rd of July. We have this opportunity and this time for us to be with ourselves, which means that we develop these qualities of uh, sati, which is mindfulness or recollection, and sampajanya, this clear awareness. And we try to bring these qualities into ourselves so they become continuous and even. And normally we try to develop these qualities in our practice each day anyway. But we have this special opportunity now on this retreat to sincerely be developing these so that they become continuous. And these are very important qualities, the sati and sampajanya. Because when we put efforts into our practice, into sitting meditation or walking meditation, we need to have these two qualities of sati and sampajanya as well. Not sending our minds outside of our bodies or the mind. Even though we may be in various postures, we still need sati and sampajanya there with our hearts all the time. So when we do that, then what that means is that we're putting an effort. We have this physical effort and this mental effort and not sending the mind outside. Because if we don't have these qualities, even if we do walking meditation or sitting meditation, but we're not mindful and we don't have this recollection of this and this clear awareness, um, then we won't have knowledge over our bodies and our minds and there'll be an agitation in the mind. There'll be many thoughts going on, thoughts about the past, thoughts about the future, and there won't be this present moment awareness. So when we listen to teachings of the Dharma, we should be practicing as well, which means that we have mindfulness and this clear awareness too. knowing the breath, or bringing up this meditation word of buddha. And then when we listen to the Dhamma, we try to practice alongside that. So bringing the mind to a state of peace and firmness and growing this little by little. And perhaps before we hadn't practiced much, but when we come to the practice, then we really put our efforts into observing our own body and mind making 
mindfulness and clear awareness continuous. So when mindfulness is continuous, then this clear awareness will come up at the same time. And these will cultivate uh, the heart little by little, bringing more peace and more firmness into the mind. And so these are things that have a lot of benefit for us. Having this mindfulness here in the present moment, not allowing the mind to go thinking about the past and the future. So even though it has the tendency to do that, um, we try to bring it to this present moment through the use of a meditation word or mantra, for example. And this is what the uh, great meditation masters have taught to try to keep the word Buddha with us all the time, for example. So when walking, standing, sitting, lying down, to be reciting Buddha, to be doing this throughout the day, making peace and firmness uh, constant and constantly growing these in the heart. So when we can do that and make the mind peaceful and firm, then we'll see some really incredible things appear within the heart. But it's also normal that in the beginning we don't experience that, that the mind can not be peaceful. There can be many thoughts about many different things going on. So when that's happening, then we need to forbear with that, we need to forbear in the practice. Because we still have these things which are obstructing our hearts, not allowing them to gather into peace. So for example, all of this restless thinking and the doubts that can appear within the heart. So we set our hearts on this practice, bringing up these words, Buddha, for example, bringing the mind to peace through these mantras, trying to keep them there with the heart all the time. And then through that, there'll be this peace and firmness in the mind. We sit in meditation, we can be aware of the breath, having mindfulness and a clear awareness over the breath. Even though thoughts may be going on, we try to pull the mind back to be aware of the breath. And then as we do that, the breath becomes more and more refined and subtle until the mind decides to just leave the breath alone. It has that much peace. And there's, there's just knowledge over the mind itself. So we have this opportunity now to practice, so we should use that. And even though it's difficult in the beginning, we must try to persist with that, maintaining our efforts. There can be many different moods that come up within the mind. But as we carry on practicing, then peace and firmness can replace those moods, become more and more settled. And then when the mind is in a settled state, uh, the great spiritual masters have taught us to take this mind and this peace to contemplate the body, so that we gain a knowledge and understanding over it in line with its truth. And when we do that, then the mind won't attach to this body anymore as being a self, because it sees it in its reality. You can also see all of the things, all the objects which appear within the mind, and how these arise, they stay for a bit, and then they cease. How all of the things that we see, 
all of the sounds that we hear, and all of the odors and the taste, the tactile sensations, all of the thoughts and the moods which appear within the mind, that it's normal for us to be meeting these things, but when they know, when they arise, we know them as they're arising. And we see them come up, we see them stay for a bit and then pass away. And then through that, the mind won't attach anymore to all of these things. It won't cling to liking or disliking. It won't cling to states of happiness or of pain. It won't attach to either of these two sides, but rather it stays in this neutral place, in the middle. And this place in the middle, this place of not liking, not disliking, this is the place where we will know and see the Dhamma, where we will see the truth. The truth of the inconstancy of all things, how they arise and pass, how they come and go. And the mind will no longer attach to these things, but it will abandon all of that, abandon that attachment, leave these things alone, because it's seen them for what they actually are. It's seen their nature to arise and cease, and how they're not me, they're not mine. So there's no more clinging to these states, and there's no more sadness, sorrow, despair. These things don't enter into the heart because of that realization of the truth, because of that seeing of all of these states arise and cease. So this is the emergence of wisdom or vipassana as insight. So we can say that it's panya or wisdom, it's an all-round knowing, a complete knowing in line with truth, seeing all of the states that arise in line with their truth, seeing their coming and their going. So when we listen to a Dharma talk like this, this is one kind of panya or wisdom that we're developing. And then when we think about that and contemplate it, it's another kind of wisdom. But this isn't the wisdom that will allow us to gain true knowledge. It won't allow us to abandon our attachments. In order for that, we need the wisdom that arises through bhavana, through this inner cultivation. So like now, we're sitting in meditation, as we're listening to the Dharma or while we're doing walking meditation, that this meditation is an opportunity for us to develop this wisdom that arises through mental cultivation, so that this appears within the heart. But for that wisdom to appear, we need peace and firmness in the heart first. Because if we don't have that, then this wisdom that comes from mental cultivation just doesn't have the opportunity to arise. Because we don't have all these factors of sila, virtue, samadhi, collectedness, and panya, wisdom. So we've taken up the sila, or the precepts, uh, this morning. And we should ensure that they are complete, that we're not bringing up any aggravation through our acts of body and speech. And when we do that, we cultivate samadhi, this firm collectedness of mind, through our practice of walking meditation and sitting meditation. And while we're doing that, all this meditation, we need mindfulness looking over the mind as well. And then our samadhi will develop 
Sila, Samadhi and Panya gathers together and this true wisdom arises within the heart, knowing all of the impressions of the heart for what they are, not attaching to happiness or sadness, liking or disliking, which is seeing the Dharma, seeing the truth, which is the opening of our inner eye, the heart seeing the Dhamma and this appearing within the mind itself. For this to happen, this depends upon our training and our practice. In this practice, we often need to put up a fight as well, with all of the moods that appear, all of the restlessness of the heart. But we endure with that. We have forbearance, keep on putting in effort, we carry on practicing continually. And even though the mind may get sent out, we may attach to things, we carry on uh, with this practice, trying to maintain our mindfulness, caring for our hearts. So whatever it is that we're doing, we try to keep mindfulness there with the heart. We can keep Buddha with us all the time, for example. And then we can see the transient nature of all the things that arise within the mind. But if there isn't this firmness and peace, then the mind won't be able to see that. There'll just be scatteredness within the heart. There's no firmness there. In the mind, it's not established in the present moment. So therefore, this Bacchubana Dhamma, the Dhamma of the present moment, is something that's really important. It's a place where we can see and know the Dhamma. So we carry on persisting with this practice, even though there may be many thoughts going on. So with walking meditation, maybe we're thinking throughout the whole time. So we can increase the time that we do the walking meditation until the mind gathers into peace, until there is some firmness there. And many of the people who are joining are lay people, and it can be quite difficult for you to find the time to practice. But if we really see the benefit of Dharma practice, then we'll have effort uh, within it, and we'll try to seek out the time to do it, to be able to practice. And we'll give up the time that we spend doing some other things and use that time for our practice instead. Because when we give up, when we sacrifice like that, we're not just giving away, but we're also receiving as well. And what we gain is peace of heart. We gain samadhi, we gain a mind which is firm and well-established. So when we've listened to these teachings and understand uh, the principles of them, then really what's left is our efforts, our efforts to practice. So like us coming together for this retreat, that we use this time well, really try to develop our mindfulness and uh, clear awareness during this time. Trying to keep these meditation words with the mind, not allowing the mind to get sent out, developing this quality of firmness and collectedness, what we call samadhi. And even if we're changing posture, we try to keep our awareness and our mindfulness with the heart continuously. So as we carry on doing this, then the mind becomes well-established, peace grows within the heart, 
we see all of the things that arise within our minds and know them for what they are. And then when the mind is peaceful, we can take that to contemplate this body and see how the body is of the nature to be born and then it lives for a while and then it breaks apart. And then when it breaks apart, it just goes back into these natural elements. And then we can take the mind back to an object which brings it to peace again and then contemplate once more. And then we contemplate again, we can see these elements just fall apart into emptiness. And then we see that um, emptiness. We see that there's really nothing there to attach to as a self. We don't attach to this body anymore. So there's this wisdom that comes up at this point, and we gain this knowledge and understanding of the Dhamma, the correct knowledge and understanding. We may have heard that during the time of the Buddha, when he gave Dharma teachings, that many people would reach states of awakening right there while listening to that teaching. And even they may have been monastics, they may have been lay people, but they could realize the Dhamma just through that one teaching. Well, that shows us that they're really sincere in listening to the Dhamma, that they had minds that were very peaceful and well-established already, that their hearts were firmly established in samadhi, so that the flow of the Dhamma could enter into their hearts due to that peace. And then they were able to realize the Dhamma and abandon greed, hatred, and delusion. So through that well-established mind, they could understand the Dhamma, understand the principles of the teachings of the Buddha. But they needed peace of mind as well. So this is something that we need too. and something that's really important. Because sometimes we're able to get one level of understanding, but the mind still isn't able to put things down. It still clings. And that's because of the lack of energy in our minds. It's because our samadhi isn't well established yet. So for that abandoning, for that letting go, then there needs to be great energy of heart. And to cultivate that energy, what we need is peace and samadhi. We need for the mind to be well established. So that we have sufficient energy to be able to contemplate into all of the objects which appear within the mind. To be able to contemplate this body and see it for what it actually is. So that we can see and know and understand the Dhamma. So when we gain an understanding into the Dhamma, then our efforts in the practice just arise of their own accord. Whenever we have the time, then we'll chant and we'll meditate. And our knowledge and understanding then will grow and grow. But really this depends upon our own efforts. And what we mean here by effort is internal effort. So when we have these periods of walking meditation and sitting meditation, we have this energy there within the mind, this effort to maintain our mindfulness and our awareness, 
this effort to keep the mind with this word of Buddha, to not allow it to go outside of the body and the mind, not allow it to go and think about various other things. Because if we do that, then our mindfulness and clear awareness is not present in our body and mind. When we're walking, then we're just walking. It's just the body moving. But the mind's just thinking all over the place. It's not really meditating. And so in that case, this peace doesn't arise. But when we have this effort trying to make uh, this mindfulness and clear awareness continuous in the heart, then whatever posture we're in physically, then we'll maintain that uh, mindfulness and awareness. Whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, then we maintain that sati there. And even when we go to have a rest, when we lie down, we establish our mindfulness that now I'm going to sleep and I'll try to keep my mind within the body and the heart. Or before we sleep, we can recollect how this body is just like a bag of bones and try to establish the mindfulness there within the body. Trying to keep it there so that when we awake, the mind feels fresh. And we've rested not only our body, but our minds as well. And it wakes up with this feeling of vitality and then we're able to continue our practice of mindfulness. So as soon as we open our eyes from having rested, then we carry on with this practice all the time, maintaining our mindfulness, maintaining our clear awareness. And these two qualities of sati and sampajanya are things that have great benefit for Dharma practitioners. So therefore, we have this time and opportunity now. It's a very good time and opportunity, so we should try to use that well and be sincere in that, sincere in giving rise to things which are of benefit for us, which bring goodness and are of use to our lives and to our hearts as well. Because it's really hard to find the opportunity to be born as a human. It's something that's extremely difficult. But we've all gained this opportunity. And even though having been born, we're not in time for the Buddha, but we are in time for the teachings of the Dhamma. These are teachings which have been passed down uh, from awakened being to awakened being till this present moment. So the things that we're able to come across, we're able to listen and gain an understanding into. So having gained these teachings, what's left is for us to put them into practice. Because if we don't do that, then we don't receive the benefits of them. And it's kind of like these great teachers, like they have some food that they've given to us. And this is very nourishing food and very delicious food. But if we don't eat it, then it doesn't give any benefits to our bodies. Our bodies are nourished by it, and we're still hungry just like we were before. But if we do eat that food, then we experience a sense of fullness. So our practice is just the same. We've heard these teachings from the great teachers already. But if we don't sincerely put them into practice, then those teachings won't bring benefits to us. But when we do practice them, then what we receive is happiness and peace within our own hearts.
So gaining an understanding of the principles of the teachings and putting them into practice is something that's very important. Having been born already, we're not able to choose the body that we have. We're not able to dictate whether it's large or small, tall or short. But what we can choose now is how much goodness we create in the life that we have, how much unskillful qualities we can abandon, how much merit we can give rise to, and to what degree we're sincere in our practice of the Dhamma, how much we're able to bring the mind to a state of purity, how much mindfulness and wisdom we can cultivate. Because the Dhamma it doesn't exist elsewhere, it's right here in our bodies and minds, right here within ourselves. But if we don't seek it out, then we won't find it, and we won't know these principles. But if we do seek out uh, the Dhamma, then we'll find it right here within us. And this Dhamma will grow and grow within our own hearts. So when we practice, we try to know all of the sensory experience for what they are as they're happening. We see them arise and cease, and then the mind won't attach to them. And then peace arises. And as the Buddha said, uh, there's no happiness higher than that of peace. What he was talking about here, the kind of peace and this kind of happiness, was the happiness that comes from our practice of the Dhamma, the happiness that comes from knowing the Dhamma, from the mind not attaching, not being involved in liking or disliking, for it being in this state in the middle, so that it's not involved in attraction or uh, repulsion. And here is the place that we will know and see the Dhamma in line with its truth. Know and see all of these objects arise and cease. So as Ajahn Chah said, that we should teach our mind to see this happening, to see all these states, no matter how happy or how sad they are, no matter how much the mind gets involved in liking or disliking, we teach ourselves that these things are not sure. They're all in constant, they all change. Even though the mind may really cling to them, we tell ourselves that this happiness is not sure, this sadness is not sure. We teach our minds this constantly, this uh, reality of it being not sure. Because if the mind attaches, then what's going to happen is we're going to suffer. And that's why Ajahn Chah taught us to contemplate this not sureness and how these things all change and try to see that change. See the change in all of these states of happiness or sadness, see their arising and ceasing, how these are things that aren't sure. And when we see that they're not sure, then we see their truth, we see their reality. But to gain that insight that depends upon our practice, that we need this peace and firmness of mind to be able to see how these things aren't sure. So when the mind comes into a state of peace, then we see that the mind is one thing and the objects are another thing, and they won't attach to them. 
and then all these Ramanas that are entering into the mind. So we see them for how they are. And so really this is what the practice of Dhamma is about. It's being sincere in our developing of mindfulness and clear awareness, trying to bring the mind to peace. Even though sometimes it's not peaceful, we forbear with that. As we carry on practicing, then the Dhamma slowly but steadily grows within the heart. So may I express my joy that I find in all of you coming here and sincerely, sincerely practicing the Dhamma, taking this opportunity that we have to uh, come together for this retreat. And so may you really set your hearts on this. And may you see the Dhamma in line with the teachings of the Buddha. And may you practice as the great teachers have recommended so that the Dhamma appears within your heart. And so may all of you uh, grow and develop in the Dhamma.